I'm Gen Y Kate. And I'm Gen Xer Jeremy. And, and together, together we're, we're talking, talking serious, serious shit. shit. Hey Jeremy. Hey Kate. How's it going? Very well. Well, today we actually had a bit of a request sent in. From a listener. From a li- an actual oh real God. life listener. They exist. Um, and that was kind of the difference in the federal and state governments in Australia. And I have a bit of a question surrounding that too. So obviously during COVID, potentially this is why I have this question, is the state feels like they hold most of the power. Obviously with the border closures being between state to state um, and Scott Morrison not being able to really interject into whether he believes that they should open or not, it kind of feels like state has been in control of their own state and the federal government has not really been able to have much of an input. Is that because we have been locked away in COVID and essentially we haven't been worried about international foreign policies or is that actually the case? Like the state government really does hold more power than federal when it comes to things like that. That's a great question. And I think, you know, as I said to you, I used to work uh, many, many, many years ago in in politics. I used to work for a federal MP. Mm. And it's the number one area where everyone gets confused about. I mean, we used to go to, you know, town hall meetings or, you know, community meetings. And, you know, 90% of the questions, or probably not that high, but vast majority of the questions were about education, health and roads, things that had nothing to do with the federal government. Mm. And they were all state government things because... You know, everyone's confused about what 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 we do and, and what the services are. And of course, when the when the, when the MP goes, oh well, that's not my sort of area. The whole crowd goes, oh, buck passing again. Oh, you know, it's typical politicians avoidance. avoidance. And, yeah. But but the reality is, your federal member of parliament can't do anything about the education, the local school issues, because it's not their area. Just like your state member of parliament can't really do anything about the defence of Australia. But so on that note, can you just quickly go through what each of them kind of cover then? Yeah, sure. Look, in a a broad sense, we've got three levels of government uh, in Australia. We've got the federal government. Now, they look after uh, immigration, defence, foreign affairs, money, uh, post, telephone, internet. State governments, so they look after your, your schools, your hospitals, public transports, uh, public housing, uh, and your local government, they look after your, your rubbish collection, recycling, parks, sports fields, swimming pools, uh, pet controls and, and, and parking. So mm-hmm. okay. that's sort of broadly the three responsibilities. We've seen a whole new side of states that we hadn't seen before. Totally. And there's been uh, a real change in the power dynamic between the federal government and the state government. So great question. Luckily, I have some notes that I've made here. <laughs> Wow, it's, how do I know you're going to ask I this? I might have guessed that you might have been coming up with some sort of question. So, so look, look. I think let's go back a bit and, and right. let, let's sort of, as always, I like to go back. And a little bit of a rewind. Rewind in context. All right. And at the very beginning, when, when white settlement first came to Australia, you know, by the 1800s we were here, we essentially were six different countries within Australia, like New South Wales, Victoria, Western Australia, Queensland. They had their own governments. They had their own laws. They had their own taxes. uh, They even had their own defence forces. Oh, really? Yeah. So so we were really six different sort of countries. And there was this movement saying, look, this is ridiculous. We've got to really change this. And this is when this federation sort of movement came. So by the time we got to 19, the, the, the sort of 1890s, they started having conferences and there was starting to have agreements about what we're going to end up with. So by 1901, we ended up with 
the Federation of Australia as we know it, which meant the Commonwealth of Australia as mm-hmm. we know it. And there was a big change in, in who we were. All of a sudden, three quarters of the population by 1901 were born in Australia. So no longer were we were from, from Britain. The Boer War had happened in 1899, and it was the first time we actually fought together as a nation. So so all of a sudden, we sort of started to have this feeling we weren't just Victorians, we weren't just from New South Wales, but we were this thing called Australia. We were Australians. But of course, our hereditary of states were very much part of all that. Right. So there was... The Constitution set out very clear guidelines to say this is the role and responsibility of the federal government, this is the roles and responsibility of the state governments. So we didn't see too much change other than, say, defence. Um, there were some taxes that the federal government could do, but the states were still doing their own taxes in the early days. So a big change happened in this federation in World War Two. The government said, right, we need to, the federal government said, we need to take control of some of these sort of things. We need to put some taxes. We need to take control of income taxes. So the real power shift happened sort of around sort of World War, just before World War Two. And so we saw the federal government taking control of taxation. Post-World War Two, we saw a growing federal government control over the states. Mm-hmm. You know, the states still had delivery but of many services, but the funding of those were all from the from the federal government. So they really pulled the per, if they pull the purse strings, they pulled the power. Right, totally. Yeah. So we, we've had this situation where every even Labor Liberal governments have grown the federation style of Commonwealth being the real major player. Mm-hmm. And in our own mindsets as a people, we we saw that you saw big policies of immigration coming in. It was a national wide Immigration. Surely, yeah. You saw these nation-building projects after World War Two, the Snowy Hydro Scheme. Again, these were seen as national projects. You saw the the, the implementation of manufacturing. Uh, by the time Gough Whitlam came along, you saw these national culture sort of programs, national arts. You know, the National Gallery. So we really had been developing. You know, then we had the bicentenary. So. All this time, we've had this wonderful feeling of this is what Australia's about. One nation kind of One, thing. Well, let's not say... <laughs> don't go there, good God. <laughs> don't open that Pandora's box of trouble. Yes, but essentially, yeah, so we all had this. So now a, a thing like COVID comes along, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the powers that the states had hadn't gone away. Mm. They just hadn't been really utilised to their full extent. Absolutely felt like that. What, before, now? Yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. I was like, wow, I did not realise that, example, Gladys, who is yeah. obviously no longer our Premier, didn't have, she had that, had that much power. Like, I just really thought that it would be up to federal government to kind of say, this is what we're going to be doing as a nation. Yeah, and, and I think I think what, in my mind, what's happened is that we've, we've sort of switched back to very much a bit more view of our world being very more localised. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden... Queensland were thinking about Queensland. New South Wales was thinking about New South Wales and, you know, Western Australia. So <laughs> Western Australia. Australia. Do but, they still exist? <laughs> well, again, look, and, and, and look at the history here. Like in the 1930s, the Western Australians voted to get themselves out of Australia. Wow. And that vote won in South <laughs> 66% to 34%. That's a power move. Yeah, it's a power move. <laughs> Um, you know, and you think of Queensland. So, you know, people in the far north of Queensland. So 
Brisbane, the capital of Queensland, is closer to Melbourne than it is to Cairns. Totally, totally. So you see that people are now, I think what COVID's done has brought people back to a, a to, to intrinsic intrinsic views that were have always been there. Yeah. But they've excelled and, and overcome this. This is we as one nation. We said it again. They've butchered that I've, word, haven't I've they? Started um, and we've we've become this group of states. So and I think and the state governments have taken this and absolutely ran with it. It feels that way. And I mean I guess my question is is there no kind of overriding of that power when it comes to the federal government? Absolutely no, when it, and that's what we've seen. So people were very critical of Scott Morrison to say when the when states started closing their borders, mm. um, you know, he should have intervened. He should have gone to the high court. Now the reason why he didn't was how bad would it be for him if he went to the high court and lost? And the chances are he probably would have. Right. Because the Constitution still enables large amounts of power into the states. So I think the question mark for us is where are we going to go to in a post-COVID world? Are the states going to say, well, wait a minute, we've enjoyed this. We quite like setting the agenda for our people. And, and the question is, you know... We're here in New South Wales. You know, what do we think about Queensland? What do we think about Western Australia? And what do they think of us? Totally. People have very altered views now, don't they? They, they do. <laughs> and and what we're seeing, too, is politicians taking those altered views to their advantage. So, you know, Dominic Perrottet, the new New South Wales um, Premier, uh, Premier all of, he, he's only been Premier for, like, not even a couple of weeks. And he's already saying to the federal government, hey, I, I want to change the state. The tax rules here, I think that New South Wales being dudded, we're not getting. And just just so for a quick one hundred and one, um, yeah. The GST, can you just sorry rewind? Re, what? No, no. So the GST, <laughs> the GST that we all pay, yeah. The gov, federal government collects that, yeah. Uh, and then it gives it all back to the states. Okay. Okay. So all that money that we pay in GST, while it's collected by the federal government, it's actually distributed to the states in an agreement. And given that New South Wales has the largest population, we don't get back every. Everything that we've paid, in fact, we get less. Part of that goes to subsidise the smaller states like WA and Queensland. Now, what Perrottet is saying now, well, wait a minute, why should we do that? You know, there, we've got real issues that we need to address here in New South Wales and we want more slice of our, our own money that we're going. And, and I, I can totally imagine since COVID, I mean, if the, the people would be like, I don't want our funds going to those states that would locked us out for months and months and months. Exactly. And this is and this is the, the pressure now on Morrison is to say, how does he get us back to an, an, mm. an idea of nationhood rather than statehood? So, yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a very interesting time for those who love political science and love federalism and, and looking at all that. So just you then? It just, 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 <laughs> just, just me and a couple of others on a Wednesday in the library who get together and talk about these wonderful things. Um, no, you know, it is, it is. And so, you know, where we go to from here is going to be very, very interesting because for me, what's what this has shown, and I'll, I'll declare my hand here, I used to be very much the part of the belief of, look, if we had our time again, we'd do away with the states. You know, it's too much government. Three three levels of government, it's too much. You'd have a national government and then you'd have bigger local governments and you probably wouldn't need the state governments. And where do you stand now? Well, I think what we've seen is the state governments have really shown their absolute value 
value in delivering services. Okay. And and I think the federal government has shown a, an absolute inability to deliver services on the ground. I think what we've seen is that, you know, take, take the Department of Health federally. It, it can't deliver hospitals. It yeah. can't deliver the sort of services that we've been required under this. And so I think what it's highlighted is the strengths in the state governments and it's highlighted some of the weaknesses in totally. the federal government. The federal government's very good at writing checks. Yeah. Uh, they're very obviously good at defence and foreign affairs and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But where they've been lacking is delivering those services directly to the ground. It'll be interesting to see how we find that balance again. Exactly. Yeah, mm. no, 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 it will be. And um, we've all seen it. And I think that's what COVID's shown. It's shown, has, has, has shown the strengths and the weaknesses uh, in, in both. So I think the next question is now the economy and who's going to drive the post-COVID economy. And this is where the federal government's normally trumped, you know, because right. it controls the taxes, mm-hmm. it controls a lot of the agenda. But, you know, there's things like, for example, this whole idea and the debate of the topic we talked about last week, mm-hmm. the, Ke- the not Kyoto Agreement, the, the... Glasgow. Glasgow, that's right, the Glasgow. I was listening. Now, every state has actually signed up to a net zero target by 2050. Mm-hmm. Without the federal government. With, yeah, right. You know, but the federal government still has to sign it and do it on behalf of the country. Mm-hmm. But yet every state has actually done their own. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Absolutely. Well, that definitely answered my question. We hope. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But it shows that if you ask us about something, we will respond. We will respond. We're very, res- we're very responsive. <laughs> it's one of our word. best qualities, yes, responsiveness. Respo- <laughs> especially if it's the sole person who's asked us. We're very attentive. We'll cover it. <laughs> so thank you, Kate. Thank you, Jezza. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>